0: Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains, firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one shot samples like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man. One microphone and one medium-sized coffee. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to walk you through the seven rules that I use to write my act once. Now, you probably know that I've done quite well with act ones and act twos not so well with act threes that doesn't mean i haven't had my fair share of them it just means that to be honest you, act one is is the thing i really really love it's that kind of delicate ambience this atmosphere this mm, je ne sais quoi <laughs> you know this, i'm not really sure exactly how to describe a lot of it sometimes uh but I, what I wanted to do is share with you the rules that I use when I'm writing my Act 1s. So, let's dive in. Number one is to start smaller than you think. This rule is huge. Not literally, though. It's obviously smaller than you think. This rule is so important because the reason we start smaller than you think is kind of twofold. The first one is that you don't want to give away all of your musical material. You kind of want to hold your cards close to your chest in Act One because you're saving all of that for Act Three. You're saving the big reveal for Act Three and a little bit in Act Two. The other aspect of it is that if you start with lots of things going on and quite loud, then that doesn't give you enough, enough room for dynamic growth in your track. And it's just an easy, easy win. Watch a few trailers and you'll see how small the first five, 10, 15 seconds often are. Like a single drone, a single ping, a single sub boom. It's just there to bring us in to the act one. So start smaller than you think. Second rule is think of landscapes Now, this applies to when you're writing your Act 1. What you're essentially doing is setting the scene like a landscape. You know, often with, say, big sci-fi epic movies, you will start to see the setting of the trailer. You will start to see the setting of the film. And that's what we want to try and do in Act 1. We want to try and lay the landscape down. Now, the easiest way to do that is often using drones or pads that imply this sense of... A landscape. It doesn't, it, you know. It, we don't want anything that sounds too close. We want them to sound kind of distant, drenched in reverb, with this kind of like wispy length to them. Now, the reason we give them length, the reason we make them long notes, is to imply this scale of the landscape. This large landscape. You know, when something is slow moving, it implies that it is bigger. And that's what we're doing here. We're painting a landscape. I usually use synth washes for this one to paint the landscape. I start nice and small, and then I layer in some synth washes or uh, harmonics that will bring in the sense of a landscape. Number three is to create atmosphere. Now, I've already mentioned this when you're talking about landscapes, but One of the easiest ways to create a sense of atmosphere is to give the listener a sense of a physical space. And how do we do that? Aside from playing in the music, we give it a reverb. Now, what we're trying to do here is say, if we're playing a piano motif, we want to say to them, hey, this piano motif is in a physical space. So we give it its own reverb, or at least we use one of the reverb buses to imply this sense of atmosphere. Obviously you can as well, within your track, use the way you write to create the atmosphere, you know. And we're using your melodies and harmonies in a clever way to imply a sense of mood. So I'm not necessarily talking mood here, I'm talking about atmosphere, you know, and character to it. And the easiest way to do that is by putting lots of reverb on. I mean, I've done this in lots of videos and I talk about it in lots of videos. You've got a simple idea, play it and put it in a reverb. Immediately you have a sense of atmosphere and that's exactly what we want in act one. Rule number four, imply distance. Now, I talked about this a lot. The way bass frequencies work is they don't get absorbed so quickly or so easily so they can travel further. So if something huge like an explosion happens in the distance, we hear the bass frequencies if we are miles away because the higher frequencies have been absorbed. Now what we do in trailer music to imply that some distant explosion has happened, we use sub booms or at least one shot impacts that don't have a lot of high frequency information. If you ha- don't have any of those, then you can just use a massive, huge explosive impact and just roll off the high end. You know, you could go really, really hardcore with it. You, you could roll it off down to sort of, so it's a low pass of 300, something like that. But you know, it's up to you and the context of your track. But what we do here is this kind of like sound implies that something is happening in the distance. It implies this, In this landscape that we've set, with this atmosphere, something big is happening. Rule number five, grab their attention. Now, you'll hear this in countless trailers, the ping noise. That is kind of like the chiming of the bell, the slap in the face. It doesn't, it's not always a ping, but what that ping does is grab your attention. It's like, hey, wake up. And that's what we need to do in Act One. We can't just sort of sit in this sort of wispy, atmospheric world of sub-booms and drones. We have to bring the listener into the trailer. And the quickest and easiest way to do that is with some kind of tonal sound. Uh, It could be a ping, it could be a distant brahm, it could even be your signature sound. I do like using a signature sound in Act One. It might not be the exact same signature sound, it might be filtered in some way, but I like using that because what we do here there is twofold. The first one, and the really important one, is we give the track character because it has this signature sound. This sound is like it's fingerprint. The second thing we do is we grab their attention, which is rule number five, grab their attention. So once you've got your small start, your landscape, your atmosphere, your implied distance, now you've grabbed their attention with a signature sound. The next thing you need to do is rule number six, build the tension. I love building the tension in tracks uh, because it's incredibly easy with the tools that we have at our disposal. The biggest one being risers. I absolutely love risers. You can layer them until a cow's come home and the more you layer, the more wonderful and tense it sounds. Obviously this isn't gonna always work in some genres of music. We can't have a ton of horror style risers on a kind of uplifting family adventure track. Hmm, that wouldn't quite work. A riser would work there. A white noise riser, perhaps, or just a simple string riser. But the riser is one tool for building tension. The way we build tension, you could use harmony build, build tension, you could use melody, you could use textures or timbres or more complicated rhythms. But the idea is that you want to imply a sense of building, building up to the stop down before act two which is when the main character is thrown into the new world or thrown into a problem. We are building up to that point. So however you do it, as long as you do it, is the important thing here. Build the tension. And lastly, rule number seven is hold back. I don't mean hold back on everything. I mean, we're talking about your melodies and harmonies. We're talking about don't throw away all of your musical material in Act 1. Say you've got a chord sequence of, I don't know, one one, four, five, a jolly one, four, five. You don't really want to throw that all in, in Act 1. You can, but you hold it back. Whether that's through filtering or whether that's through Uh, instrumentation it could be that that is implied in the bass it could be that it's implied by some distant piano you just kind of want to give a tease as to what is to come because what you're doing in act one is you're setting the scene of the characters and the landscape and the world but you're also bringing the listener into it's not staying like this it is going to change and that's what we're trying to do with the holding back. We we imply that it's going to change and it's going to become something, but we don't want to give away all of our cards. Whether you hold back on the melody, whether you hold back on the harmony, it's up to you. I tend to copy and paste my main motif and just delete a load of notes. So it's kind of like a broken version of the full motif is in there. Uh, and like I do the other things with it. I put it into a, a reverb to create atmosphere you know yada 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 and then i make sure that we get this build now those seven rules are the seven rules i use every single time i write an act one and act ones are my favorite thing to write and i've landed a lot of trailers with my act ones and if you follow these rules you will find it much easier to create amazing sounding act ones thanks for listening you guys are absolute legends hey guys thanks so much for listening i have something really really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle, and I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprincom forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.